This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be sh- And now your host, TJ. And here we go again. It's the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod, Chicago Fire Post Game Edition. We're coming to you tonight after a Sunday night win for the Fire over DC United 2-1. to one. And we'll just say it wasn't the prettiest game that I've ever seen. That's for damn sure. And I'm joined again by senior editor and hot time in Old Tom, Pat, on the Stevenson again tonight, coming back from I the stage. Not again, like I said, not the prettiest of wins. That's for darn sure. It was, uh, it was hard on the eyes in person as well. And I can tell you, they, I feel like the Stevenson tonight has, I think maybe like Fast and the Furious 13 is being filmed or something. So um, if I go silent at times, it's because there's cars like racing around me and I'm going pretty fast. So. All right. Well, hopefully you don't get greeted by. More interesting than stretches of that game. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, it had had a great start, you know, CJ's goal in the third minute. Um, Madron's off the wood, Madron off the post in the fourth minute, and then a whole lot of nothing. If until Madron Sekulic... hits that, by the way, we're talking about like player of the week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, like, absolutely. Yeah, that that was um, that would have been amazing if he had hit that. But yeah, the, the, another super fast start. It's such a weird thing they do at Soldier Field this year. It's it, these fast starts, and then they struggle in the second half trying sometimes, sometimes they don't. I, I mean, obviously the Houston game was, you know, the, a, a blitz, but, um, but sometimes like tonight or like against the crew, they struggle in the second half when the other team starts really getting after it. They, it's almost like they're panicking, um, trying to start a counterattack. Yeah. And, and you said the crew and, and you think back even to the, the Atlanta game, it seems like there's about from about the 55th to about the 70 to 75th minute. Yes. They struggle night in and night out. Doesn't matter. They that is their yes. time. It feels like they take a break in there for some yeah, reason. It's, it's it's that's a great observation, TJ. That that's exactly what, and it's like every game. That that's when they get scored on. That's when that's when they start to struggle, and then they're able to. They look better than in the in the very last seconds of most of those games. Um, but yeah, it's for whatever reason, strong start must be because you know that seems to me like a coaching thing. If anything, like they're they've mm-hmm. got something they want to do right away. Um, they take leads into halftime, and then it's difficult in the second half. And that that's what we saw tonight. The first half between the two fire goals that sandwiched the first half was boring. And the second half, I felt like there's no way after uh, DC got the, the own goal by Johnny Bornstein and they really started to press. I I'm like, there's no way they're not going to score a second. And luckily the fire were able to hold on. And there was some, um, some quality gamesmanship from Bobby Shuttleworth at the end that earned him a yellow and Madron did a bit of that. And, and, uh, Kiwino did a bit of that. And, yep. um, they, they, yeah, uh, see, I mean, they, they saw the game out, which is what they had yeah. to do. But yeah, yeah. There was that stretch 
you know, uh, including the own goal from Johnny B, which was a quality finish, by the way. No, cannot take anything away from Johnny B. That was a great finish, been, one touch into the been, net. Yeah, it would have been spectacular if it was going the other way. I'll tell you that. So that's true. But I will tell you, and I'm going to give him a ton of credit because Julian Gressel was the best player on the field for both sides tonight. I thought, in terms of just being dangerous, every time he had the ball, you were concerned that he was going to do something with it. Um. And it just seemed like Johnny B struggled a bit with him, but he hit, but held his own. And then when Andre Reynolds came on, he I looked at him and went, oh, boy, this could be an adventure. But Andre Reynolds held his own against Gressel until he came out. Until he, yeah, and so. that's when Bornstein slotted over a center back, which had a lot of us asking, does Kapelhoff not play on the – was he not available, or does he not want to play left-sided center back in the system, or – or what else is going on? Because it seemed like it seemed like Johnny needed a rest, and instead he got pushed over to play center back. And, and when Andre came in, so although good to see Andre play, um, it, it was. Um, you know, I I feel like, and I bag on Calvo. We, this is well established with this show. I will say, the captain was missed tonight. Oh he, yes. He could, yeah. Pineda, Pineda looked lost, looked like a rookie without his safety blanket next to him, which you could argue times. Yeah, especially when D.C. was really trying to jam it down their throat that that Pineda had a bit more time than he maybe thought he did. And there were some some poor clearances that maybe could have actually been the start of a counterattack if he had been a bit more poised. But I mean, I, 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 which, I don't want to beat on no. him. He did well, but especially without Calvo next to him. But I think that gives should give fans some appreciation of what good Calvo can bring. We know that he makes mistakes. We know that he's mistake prone. He knows he's mistake prone. You know but what he kind brings of, a lot of good. You know what it kind of reminded me, Pat, and you think back was to, to last season. It was how did Calvo do without Bastian no, Schweinsteiger, Schweinsteiger next to him? Yeah. 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 He, he looked lost because that's the safety blanket. That's the one that covered for a lot of mistakes. And Olmsberg is not Francisco Calvo. No, he he seemed did a great job with a lot of scramble and recovery. Yeah, but he also has to be the first player to ever play for the Fire from Maine. I know he got a a few minutes earlier this season, but I believe in one other game. But um, it was during we talked about that on on Wednesday. It was during MLS is drunk. So I suppose Alex, when you're listening to this, could you look that up and see if the Fire have had anybody else other than Olmsberg from Maine feature? So, Alex, that, Alex, that's our question for you for the day. So, um, if you can look that one up and let us know, that would be great. Much appreciated, buddy. <laughs> um, it, like, it, it felt like tonight was a game you were going to do just enough to get by. And this was the one – I sat there and looked at it. I looked at it under the sense of you really need three points here if you want to make the playoffs. However – 100%. Yeah. However, with the injuries, the the players uh, missing Jimenez and Navarro with international duty, so you've taken away any depth you have remaining. It felt and DC United has been horrid of late, prior to the coaching change. You felt like they were going to do ju- just enough to get by, and that's kind of what happened. And Wiki, that's actually what Wiki said. Yeah, he's like, we knew this was going to be a mess. I, I think the combination of playing a team that had a coaching bounce and then. Um, having Calvo not there and, and some other 
Uh, he was kind of he's he's not a guy who has done a lot of rotating this year, and he was kind of forced into it because uh, Georgie had some kind of knock. We're not really clear on what, and and Bronico, uh, who was in for Gaston last time, had some kind of injury this week. He wasn't available, so um, yeah, it's it. He was kind of forced into it, but yeah, it you know, I guess it was good timing for the Fire to play a really bad team when they had a bunch of new faces playing. Um, and now we don't know what happens with Wednesday's game. Obviously, um, Minnesota United had two people test positive, two players test positive, and, and we're waiting. From what I'm told, there's going to be another round of testing tomorrow. Okay. And that'll basically determine whether that game happens or not. So um, we shall see. But assuming it does, as we are right now, um, it was good to get a win with a slightly rotated squad, some hurt players. Uh, going into what will be a tougher game on the road. The Fire have obviously struggled on the road, especially with these midweek games. Um, so hopefully they've got some fresh legs coming in for that. It was, it was interesting. Will be, will be fresh. Calvo, Calvo will be back and ready. And like it, it, yeah. That kind of four squad rotation, and probably not a bad thing in that sense. Um, yeah, I, I weird to see that the Fire dressed three goalkeepers tonight. We were wondering the same thing, and, you know, if I got many questions of Raphael Wiki after the match, that would have been one of them, but when you only get one shot, um, I didn't want to burn a question on that, but yeah, I was wondering what was going on with that. Yeah, we can bring, we can blame Sandalo for that one, because San, you asked the, San, like you said, you asked the Sandalo question, and I had to ask the Brian Sandalo question, which is the overall big picture type question, because he usually gets the first one, but he didn't, because he's working on, like, a specialty type piece. Um, so, uh, either Jeremy or I took the first one. I don't remember, but, um, but yeah, I, I asked the big picture type question and, and, uh, so yeah, I, I had things I'm wondering, I'm wondering about whatever injury Georgie has. I'm wondering about, um, BB's injury. I'm wondering why he dressed three goalkeepers. I'm wondering why Kappelhoff didn't come in for Olmsburg. Instead, he decided mm-hmm. to go Andre and slide Johnny B. I have quite, I have more questions then I got to ask. So hopefully there's an availability with him this week and I'll be able to ask some more of them. I think even weirder is I'm looking at MLS's match center and DC United dressed three goalkeepers tonight, which is even more fascinating when you think about it. But I guess it kind of fits in with this game was just going to be weird all the way around and it lived up to it. Um, but like I will I told give... you, my only, the only speculation I have on why that happened is the fire had a spot available because of the missing players on international duty and the, the players who were uh, hurt. And for whatever reason, he wanted it to be Gaga who got that. Mm-hmm. Um, like he did a couple of weeks ago, he gave Gaga a couple spots as the, a couple runouts as the uh, second string goalkeeper, which maybe um, Connor was hurt or maybe he wasn't, I'm not sure. But um, my only speculation is he wanted to help, um, Gaga get that kind of game day experience, especially with Chris Brady now with three straight shutouts for forward Madison. Um, he's kind of their starter now. So yeah, um, it's fair. Maybe that's um, part of it. I don't know. It could be uh, just like, it's one of those. Yeah. I mean, just like I said, it was a weird game overall, but I will give Brian Sandoval credit. The, the term whatevering really fit in that first half and really fit for oh, large yes. portions of the game. Yes. And so, 
as much as he he still I think it's a goal of his to get it in the Sun Times. Whatever. Yeah, I mean it's not hard to get something on hot time. You just go, can I put this in a story? I go, I go, yes. There are standards at the Sun Times. Sure, and yeah, and at the at hot time, you know, look look at the senior editor. That's all you need to know about it. But yeah, um, disgrace. I wouldn't. I wasn't going to give you that much. I wasn't going to give be that difficult on you, but we'll call it for what it is. So <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So that said, we got some player ratings to do tonight, don't you think? Unless, oh wait, or do we? You know what? Before we get to player ratings, sorry. Let's step back. We're gonna. So you said Minnesota game is in question. Um, I, I guess as as we look ahead, Calvo will be back. We don't know about Mahalovic or Bronico. Um, what, what kind of changes would you see between now? It with Calvo coming back, of course, that means Olmsberg goes back to the bench. What kind of other changes do you think you might see be, under? You know, if they don't have Georgie and they don't have uh, BB back, it sounds like BB probably won't be back. From what you're saying, Georgie, you're not so sure about. I, I don't know. Um, they both might be back. I I think that if Georgie's available, he starts. Because I, I saw some people on Twitter say they thought Frankowski was better tonight. I don't I think he was only better in that in the sense that I didn't see like a bad giveaway in the final third that I can remember, but mm-hmm. I don't remember him. And that's no. not usually a good sign. No. So and, and we as we talked about before we started taping tonight, is the attack went down the other side tonight. It went yeah. through CJ. It went through CJ and Johnny B. Yeah, CJ was good. And and I anticipate I would anticipate he will feature again on Wednesday, one way or the other. Ooh, but, that's an interesting. Uh, he he did say. Um, I think one of the questions that was asked of him was, "How'd you feel after your first ninety-minute performance and uh, since MLS is back?" And he said it was tough. It was hard, not going to lie. And, and so, you know, he, but yeah, I could see him starting in any number of offensive positions on Wednesday. Um, sure. Maybe I Barish mean, gets a break. Maybe he goes on the right. Maybe he, he stays on the left for Aliceta. Um, it's, that's it, kind of a nice problem to have is having him back. And it's, it has sure, quite a bit of depth. As you just said, I mean, realistically, CJ can play the nine, the 10, the you know the seven the eleven he's he's got so many various positions he can play yeah but yeah it's 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 a nice problem to have have CJ back and and even if he can only give you sixty minutes in any one of those positions it still gives you option you know then it's sh- limiting on some of the other ones I I can't see Barrich take I can't see Barrich sitting down at this point to be honest I think um, you need every point he's been he's played well of late. The legs look heavy, no question about it. But I, I feel like Barrett will be out there still. Um, yeah, well, it, yeah. Like you talked about this a long time ago on, on this show. Is is the threat of bringing in CJ in the 60th or 70th minute too? Is is a huge boost to the team when when you do have tired legs. So um, maybe he goes back to the bench, but he's going to play. Like he was very good today, and I I, I can't see how he wouldn't play in some capacity uh, against Minnesota should that game actually happen. And 
you 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 want everybody to be healthy. We obviously all do, and everything to be okay. We do want that game. The Zaremba Derby is. I I seem to think it would fit. Seeing my older brother is a season ticket holder for Minnesota United, and I'm one for the Fire. It's kind of the interesting piece to that. But the Calvo Cup. The Calvo Cup. That might that I I could live with that one. I I like that one. The Calvo could, Cup. You know, if we started Calvo, Omsburg, and Shuttleworth against Minnesota, that'd be quite interesting. That would be it. The yeah, Calvo Cup. I do guys. like the Calvo Cup. I do like the Calvo Cup, though. I think we can live with that one. Um, and then yeah. when we play Nashville later this year, Tyler Terrence came up with El Daxico. So yep. that's right. already set in stone. That's already set yeah. in stone. I, I, yeah, I, I like couldn't Cup. argue with that. Calvo Cup. So we can, we're going to call it the Calvo Cup. But you you want that. You obviously, you want everybody to be healthy and for that game. But that's a game if they decide to postpone it. I'm not going to lose too much sleep over, to be honest. Um you got heavy, heavy legs at this point, and Wiki, like he admit, he admit, like you said, he doesn't rotate a lot. <laughs> An extra few days may not. Won't yeah, hurt this you know what's funny is like I think his idea was to rotate, like that was his plan. Um, you know, because he, he kept saying earlier in the year he would say you know, a team is more than eleven players, um, but I think the Lucas Stoyanovich injury really kind of hurt his his plans so sure um it's well, stoyanovich's injury cj's absence uh-huh. frankowski's injury kapelhoff's injury the guys that you would count on for any um for any number of minutes mahalovich is getting his way out of the doghouse right. alaseda's adjustment period kind of has forced his hand in a lot of cases um Right. So, and so they they went with it in a in a run of you know where they're playing there's literally three games in this calendar week it's yeah they play Sunday Wednesday Saturday so in a difficult stretch they are playing a lot of the same bases all the time so it, you know it was kind of that was one of the things that was kind of nice tonight is that they um they were able to get some new guys out there. And some by choice, some not. Some yeah. by choice, so not so much. But right. No, and like I said, at the end of the day, it's a two to one win, and you're at this point, you're like, that's you want to get away with the win. That's obvious against a bad DC United team. They are back again. They are now with. Um, they're on 19 points. They are above the. They're above the line. They're in ninth. Um, they're. Yep. They are. And all the other results uh, went their way tonight. Correct. They are a, they are a point behind Montreal, a point ahead of Nat, of Nashville and Atlanta. So, yep, Nashville lost, Montreal lost, and yeah, so they are in ninth, which is as high as they could have been tonight. And, um, you know, How, however, the next two fixtures, assume, like I said, assuming Wednesday gets played, not really in their favor. Um, I mean, at Minnesota and then Sporting Kansas City at home. Yep. Sporting that's, KC again in um, that's going to be another nationally televised game. So uh, that'll be on uh, Univision. Okay. And one one more qu- one question because I didn't I didn't get to ask you this earlier because I was thinking of it. Um, obviously on TV the Bears the linings from the Bears it was I expected them they looked yeah. actually lesser than I thought they would be considering that game was Thursday. How did the field look? Was there any comments about? I saw a little bit of some players slipping. 
but how was the overall condition of the field from what you could tell from being on site? It looked uh, kind of bad between the hash marks. Okay. Um, you could see if you if you watched passes go across that it would it would bounce and skip quite a bit more than you would expect from a soccer pitch. But I I think it's it's somewhere between not perfect and better than I thought it would be. Honestly, sure. considering how Bears fields have looked without the fire involved in recent years. So well, and um, and to be fair, we Bridgeview has looked like complete crap at times too. So. Yeah, Bridgeview always has those like um, dead those patches. Sort of, like, now. Yeah, there's like neon spots that like they're like a light yellow that they're, it's dying. You don't see that at Soldier Field. No, um, you don't. But it looked like I saw Bill Hamid taking a goal kick, and I thought I saw sand coming up. Like it looked like almost sand coming up with it. And I'm like, oh, that can't be good. No, and you honestly, I mean, I'm I'm there, yeah, but I'm way up in the press box, so you probably have a better view on TV than I do as, okay. as far as the field conditions. But I could definitely tell between the hash marks it was it was not ideal. And I'm going to say you're lucky you were there because um, Shane Nicholson pointed out um, on Twitter tonight that, and I never paid attention to it, but he's 100% right when the ball goes up above where those where the oh, yeah. those graphics are you lose the ball yep i, I, I never had paid attention i never paid attention and he's right once you see it you can't unsee it so anybody who listens to the show it didn't notice it before you will now anytime it goes into those graphics it's gone which <laughs> makes me laugh more than anything but in a covid year it's covid things i guess right so yeah it's it's all weird and new um, it is it absolutely I think is other it's it's funny because I, I wrote a piece on this like a month ago or so, but other than the uh, fact that there's no fans, the game day experience in the stadium is basically what you'd expect. There's there's a PA announcer. Mm-hmm. There's there's graphics on the ribbon board and on the big screens. There's lots of music. There's noise. There's fake crowd noise pumped in, which is weird, but it's there. It that, is, and you can hear it on the field as well. Is that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's not just over the broadcast. They're playing that in the stadium. Which so, I know, which I never paid attention to that it was actually in the stadium. I always figured it was just a an overlay on TV. However, the NFL, I know it's in the stadium, and they have they they have a maximum level. I want to say seventy decibels. Like there's a maximum level that they can use. However, what they, the NFL has said, and which I thought was interesting, and this is just tangent, a little bit tangential, but is most teams don't go to that high of a level because it has to be the same for offense and defense. So they yeah. so they keep it down so their offense can hear as well in the NFL. Which, But I didn't know it was pumped into the stadium. I, 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 I would imagine for the players that has to help a little bit, like just something. There, There's an atmosphere there. Yeah, they, they have obviously, you know, the – the section eight end is, is kind of dressed mm-hmm. up with banners and stuff like that. Yep. And it's there, there's an actual atmosphere in the stadium. Like the, 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 uh, the PA, um, on the player introductions and the, the way the, the video boards look. And then this, this, um, hype video that they have right before kickoff mm-hmm. is awesome. And it's really, really loud. Like that's one of the biggest differences in the in the game experience between Bridgeview and Soldier Field is like the the video and uh, speaker 
capability at Soldier Field is so much greater, and it, it's really cool. And I, I wish people could see it because it's it's well done. So, well, so I, I, I guess what you're saying is when we return to somewhat normalcy, this is going to be kind of a yeah, cool thing. It's going to be a it's going to be a good it's going to be a positive fan experience for for what you know for a move down into the city like that. So that that's optimistic. That's good to see. So or good to hear. I mean. All right, now we'll move on to some player ratings. <laughs> and, and I don't know if I'm even gonna post these because the hot time. This this was as hard of player ratings I've had to do. Maybe the Orlando game would have been had I actually cared enough to do them on that game, but I was so frustrated by the end of that night, I just I didn't bother. But I've got them tonight, and if you've got actual talk- numbers, I did. I them. I put I put numbers together. For, I put ratings for each of them, and. I anticipate you're going to sit there and go, dude, no, you're wrong. And I wouldn't be surprised. It, it was that weird of a game. I just, I'm not sure about a lot of these. Um, I mean, we'll start with Barrich. I have him, I have him at a five. He didn't score tonight, but he, in the first half, it seemed like he had a couple of nice sets in there. And then in the second half, his holdup play was, was pretty good. Like he kept getting the ball. He, when the defense needed a break, especially when there he held him and CJ did a great job of of hold up play. I think that that's fair, and I think that that's one of if you watch Barrage during his dry spell, um, that was one of the things he he's he's a good smart player. Mm-hmm. He wasn't scoring, and I, I think he was fairly good and fairly smart tonight. And the, and tonight was that was needed because the defense yeah. was green for lack of a better term and so he needed to be it was a very professional performance for any but it, without a goal i i guess that's kind of what i what i felt with him yeah right. 90 minute performance two chances created uh let's see here you can tell i'm home because i'm able to read you numbers now um 27 touches 13 passes below 50 percent accuracy but he probably was i could go look at his his um actual where he was putting those passes, but he probably tried some challenging ones. So yeah, five seems fair. All right. Move on to one Fabian Herbers. Still, if you haven't read the piece on hot time in old town, give that one a read. It's a great read. Better read than Fabian's performance tonight. To be honest, he, he was there. I didn't see a lot from him. You said up in the press box, he had a couple of nights. You could see him pulling defenders with him, but he didn't score tonight, which is unusual for him at Soldier Field, but didn't even seem to have much of an impact. I gave him a four. I just I didn't see anything that really one way or the other. He, it's not like he was hold-up play, connective play. He was there. Yeah, I, I can tell you that he, he made a couple of runs to free up space um, that I thought were smart, um, but he didn't seem to have a ton of the ball, the, the stats. Let's see if they back that up. 75 minutes, uh, 55 touches. 37 passes, um, 73% accuracy. He made a tackle. He won a foul, um, conceded a couple fouls. So, yeah, he was, you know, a four is probably in the ballpark of correct. I believe he, is he, did he lay off the pass that um, when um, Madron hit the the bar? I think that came off him. I think so, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I don't have a video in front of me. No, and I don't either, and I, I do, but I'm just not going to look it up right now. Um, CJ, he was man of the match for WGN. I didn't think he was man of the match, in my opinion. 
But his 90-minute return, I gave him a six. And again, especially in the second half, when the ball came into him, they seemed to be able to get a bit of a, a breather. And that was important. Yeah, he, I, I think he was, he, he was fun. Yes. He brought, I felt like, especially when they, after Reynolds came on, after they, they made that change, he also, it seemed like he provided an additional spark. Like his energy was just still there. He was still feisty. His head wasn't down. It was like, he was kind yeah. of like setting the example of, Hey, this is what you have. This, this is a slap fest. This is, you need to fight through this and get out of this game with, with three points. And I felt like, his that was an example I saw, like when he got mixed up and took a yellow card in the second half. His whole, again hold up play was good. Connect connecting was good. And I, a six. I don't think it was man of the match. I got it, and he had the goal. I forgot about and the and the opening goal was a thing of yeah, beauty. Yeah, it's it's. I I don't think that making him man of the match is crazy. I would probably give it to Madron, but um, CJ had the opening goal. He it was his first goal from free play this year. Mm-hmm. Um. He played his first uh, 90 minutes. Well, we're going to say one and a half because the game against at MLS is drunk against Vancouver. I still think it should have counted. So, yeah, I could, Yes, that's true. Um, he he played his first 90 minute performance since I think MLS is back. Um, it, it, he hasn't played one since then. I know that because he was obviously away. He he you know had a, had a daughter who was born premature. So he's been going to like NICU appointments and virtually and, and things like that. He's got a lot going on in his life. And I, th- he, he said, I asked him, you know, how did it feel for you personally to get that opening goal and, and then for you to go 90 minutes tonight? And he, he's, he's like, it was a big accomplishment for me, especially with all that I've been through lately. So um, it's good for him to, you know, to see that. And I, he's like, he, he's basically, I wanted to make a, make a point that, um, I'm still, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, not reading his quote exactly, but basically he said, you know, I, I worked really hard and I, I wanted to make a point and I did. So, um, it was, it was cool that he was able to grab that opener and it could have been a very different game if he didn't. So, yeah. Um, next we'll move on to, uh, to Frankowski, um, Frankie, you, like you said, you said on Twitter, um, fire Twitter, a lot of people seemed impressed with them. I didn't see what they were seeing. I don't and maybe, think. Yeah, I don't. And, think and maybe, impressed and maybe is the word. I think it was. Oh, he was better. But uh, let me tell you what he had because I, I, I think this is the way I described it in the press box. I'm like, I don't think he was bad, but I, I also, and I say that because he didn't. I didn't notice any bad giveaways in the final third, like he's been prone to do lately. Um, but yeah, 75 minutes for or 63 minutes for Frankie, um, one ch- chance created 30 touches, 20 passes, 85% accuracy is not accuracy. Only not bad. Th- yeah. Three missed passes is what I'm seeing. Yeah. It, that's, that's pretty good. Um, so in that sense, he wasn't bad, but he, he felt, it felt like he, I didn't notice him a lot, to be honest. Well, and, the, but and maybe then, that's because I'm a moron. Well, I can't be sure. That's that's possible. I'm not going to argue, but at the same time, that you, you know that you're more at the same time, the fact that he wasn't making the bad turnover in the final yeah. third, that's that's a positive. You know, we can take that as a as a positive in that sense. So, I gave him a five. Like I said, he was there. He wasn't terrible, but okay, it, it, five is okay. All right, so let's move. Let's move to the 
central mid the there's two central midfielders at this point. We have Madron, who to me was man of the match. Good, very good. Yeah, um, I, I he's got the highest rating of anybody. I gave him a seven tonight, and two assists, two assists, set and piece assists, two set piece assists, and yeah. then he had the one that Collier wound up eventually skying, but where he launched the ball, he was very, it was a very Jimenez like 60 yard cross into space to free up Collier to get a chance, ultimately got a chance <laughs> in the second half. Yeah. And again, I, I feel like when you're watching Madron and I think he knows it, he has to do the work of Jimenez and himself, what he normally did. He has to be like that rock in the six and yet still be the, the eight going box to box. And it's a lot on his shoulders, but he seems to be. It, it, to me, it's a throwback to what he did the first couple games of the year. It was this was a continuation of that, and that's why, like I said, it was a set. To me, he was he was the best player for the Fire tonight. I gave him a seven. Uh, yeah, he was very good tonight. Um, I really hope that there isn't, you know, a push by say a former manager of the fire who brought him in and likes him to get him to go play for Reading or something in this off season, because he, he feels he's not a designated player. No, he's not, but he feels like he should be maybe like he, he's, he's potentially, a, he's potentially. Really good. Yeah. But he, I believe he's, he's good. So I believe the way, but to get into the contracting, I believe Alisada's contract, because it was so much upfront money, put him in designated player territory. He can be bought down, I believe, next season is what I've, I thought I've read that once or twice, that his contract they can bring down to a, into a Tam Gam type player. And then did you that perhaps way, read that on a hot time? I did. I probably did yeah, at some point. You probably yeah. did. I don't know, but I'm at, it's you doing math. So I really have my concerns about it, Pat. I just listen to what other people tell me. Smarter people okay. than me. Well, that's most of the world, so we're gonna we'll leave that one there. So, Michael Azira, I liked his performance in his in when he came out for Kansas City, provided a spark. He was there tonight. That's about all I'll say. I gave him a four. I didn't. I wasn't overly impressed. I don't think he. And maybe part of it is I'm used to Gaston Jimenez like taking over, and this I'll would have been this yeah, would have been I'll the game. You, I'll Go ahead. See his numbers, um, and I'll tell you. He went 90 minutes. Sure. Um, it looks like here. Let's see. My old man eyes can come up with 56 touches, uh, 43 total passes. Gaston has like touches in the like 70s or 80s. Like he's a lot more involved in that position than than Michael Lazier was. But I guarantee you that's a function of how Wiki told him to go play because he, he Wiki tells these guys you don't have to be Gaston. You just have to be Michael Lazier. So sure. Um, yeah, he didn't, he doesn't have the footprint on that central midfield base that, that Gaston does. But, um, by the way, he played 81 minutes for, uh, Paraguay the other night. And, um, I would expect he would start again, um, when they play Venezuela on the flip of that, uh, Miguel and Hel Navarro didn't even make the 18 for Venezuela in their first match. So. That's kind of disappointing, considering we had to release him for this. So um, hopefully he's gaining. We had to. Some we had to experience. or chose to. Yeah, I see. I'm still unclear on that because Wiki in in the last news conference we had with him, he seemed to indicate that they had to. 
then what I read was that the FIFA ruling actually said that they only they can they can decline it if there's a government imposed quarantine when the players come back. Which there is, I believe. No, there isn't. But there is. There is there is not. Right, because they're the the basically the sports teams are exempt because they test every day or every other day, and they stay in somewhat of a bubble when they travel. So they they've basically been getting because obviously the fire have traveled to Orlando and places like that that would be on the on the fourteen day long lightfoot's quarantine list. So that they're not. So but that the, I and, think would be. But here and here's where it gets even worse. That's where it would get murky because it's a Lightfoot thing. It's not a Pritzker thing. It's not a. And if you're not living in the city, are you exempt from you know? So that's where that gets all weird. Yeah, right. It's and some of the guys don't, but most of the guys do live in the city. They they work. Their workplace is not in the city. It's it's in Bridgeview Bridgeview, generally. So yeah, it's. It's a weird question. One of the many things that's unclear. But I guess I guess ultimately the way I kind of see it is. These are World Cup qualifiers. I get it. It's not the UEFA it's Nations not League. Not some stupid friendly or the Nations League. Yes, These which are is World I Cup believe qualifiers. right. Um, and they that's did they decline to send Frankowski or did he ultimately not? That get is my under, no, that's my understanding is they declined. But they did they did that early on. Like that was out there long before you right. even knew Jimenez and, and that was a no. yeah that was that was at the time an MLS thing. Because because um, Buxa didn't go for to pull in from from the revolution either. So, um, so they, yeah, it, that it, even Wiki when he was answering the question, it's like it's like always a, you know, this is the latest we're getting, or this is my understanding, and I believe him. Like everything's murky, but yeah, you you basically can't say no to Gaston in that situation because he's getting his first cap after his one-time switch mm-hmm. to play for Paraguay. It's a world cup qualifier. He's going to be, he's going to play. Involved. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's going down there to play and gain valuable experience and he's going to be happier. And yes, he's the most important player on the fire or certainly one of them, but I don't know how you can say no to him. Cause it would be, you could have a situation where he wants to leave then if, if you do that um, on the flip. I guess you can let Miguel know. You can let him go because, you know, he was rotating with Johnny B a lot. Anyway, he gives Andre a chance to play. Miguel has been good, but not, you know. He's not Jimenez. He's, he's, he's not Gaston. So, no, he's not. But then to have him go and not even make the bench is sad. But again, it's World Cup qualifiers. It's experience. It's in the camp. It's, yeah. it's a new thing. And he's still young. I mean, what well, he's 21 as well, I believe, right? Yeah. And, so, I mean, um, you get a chance to go, you, you get a chance to go to a World Cup qualifier 21. I think he, I think he got a lot. I think for his overall growth, it's an experience he needs to have. Yeah. And he, it's his first, that was his first um, time with the full Venezuelan national team. If he does actually play against Paraguay, and he might because their first game was against Colombia, which is going to be a tougher game than Paraguay. Um, mm. It would be, according to Alex Campbell, hot time contributor, it would be the seventh time in fire history that two teammates have faced off in an international match. And he actually went and found all the previous times for an article on the site, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I saw that. That was that was another good read. And it's good to have Alex there because he's definitely one of the better soccer writers in Chicago. So that was definitely a, a bonus in that. Um, 
some point he should be senior editor. I mean, it'd be a step up in class, so we'll go. With, I could but certainly we'll make him. I could certainly make him Red Stars editor. I'll tell you that. No, no kidding. And I, I kind of figured that was going to be the plan all along. So, all right. I think we should move on though at this point. Yeah, we <laughs> take this on another tangent. All right, Boris. I, I have a five. His goal was was one was nice. His goal was easy because for some reason Bill Hamid decided not to put anybody on the near post. But if there's somebody on the near post, that's saved. However, maybe if there's somebody on the near post, he looks far post. I don't know. the The service from the service from Madron was a thing of beauty. It was it was an uncontested header. But aside from that, I don't remember him doing a whole hell of a lot. Correct me on this one. Um, it was his side that got got abused on Johnny B's own goal. So yeah, that was it. Um, he, I mean. His numbers, 56 touches, 32 passes. He was in the 90s for accuracy. I guess Maybe he didn't notice it. Yeah, I, I think a six is fair. He, he had a goal. He had his first goal for the fire. Okay. Um, yeah, he had a goal. I mean, yeah. I gave CJ a six. CJ had a goal. So, yeah, okay. I can, I can buy that. It's hard to argue with a goal. It is. Even if he doesn't do anything else. It wasn't his guy who gave who scored the goal against them. So when you when it comes down to it, isn't that what you want from your <laughs> your back? He got a goal, he didn't give any up. Yeah, that's that's how the whole the whole uh, sport works. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. I'm being a little critical here. So, all right, Mauricio Pineda. We talked about him earlier. I gave him a four, and I. I as we talked about earlier, he looked like a rookie missing his veteran safety blanket. Um, he was out of position. He was way up the field on DC's counterattack that was finished off brilliantly by Johnny B. Um, it was his pass that got turned over. That was not the only time that it seemed like Olmsberg was coming back and covering for Pineda being not probably where he should be it's either it's either he's not where he should be or Olmsberg should have been further higher up the field I'm not sure which but Pineda was this was the night Pineda needed to really control it or Shuttleworth needed to get more of control over it and here's where I here's part of you know I think when Johnny B stepped over it seemed like it settled the him down a bit those last 20 the last 15 20 minutes so like I said I I think it, part of it is I expect Pineda to be better than he was tonight. They got away with it, but it wasn't his best performance by any stretch, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean... And maybe force harsh. I don't think force terrible. It's it, I, I kind of view four and fives to be average performances. I think it was an average performance from him tonight. I, I think we have to understand that, and I don't like... I know you do this sometimes, but I don't like the scores being based on the expectation for the individual player. Um, I think the scores should just kind of be baseline for that position. But uh, I will say for a rookie uh, to be starting yet again, to be um, starting without Calvo next to him for the first time, um, he, he's, he may not have had his finest performance tonight, but he's definitely, absolutely someone you want to keep around to build the, the team. Oh, you know, absolutely. As I you think, build the team. So I think I think next year, if he was this bad, I would be concerned. 
like I said, tonight it was it was a rookie performance. He's a rookie. That happens. Eighty percent passing accuracy, two tackles, um, led the team in touches. No, he didn't. Madron did. Um, Madron had eighty-two. Pineda had seventy-five. So typically, so, Calvo or Jimenez leads the team in touches. So um, it's almost always Calvo. And and I and I decided I think a five is more fair for him. I I think you you the way you you talked about and. It, but part of the reason why I always waited based on what my expectation for the player is, is because as you know, like you're, you cannot compare a messy performance out playing versus a CJ Sapong. You can't, you would expect more of Messi. I, and I know it's I weird. That. Comparison. I, that's, that's, why, like, that's why you're harsher on Calvo than you are on Pineda because you expect more of Calvo because he's the captain and a veteran. I get, I get that. It makes sense. And Calvo is, as much like I said, as much as they bag on him, he's proven me wrong the last couple nights, last couple times out. So he even um, kind of proved you wrong tonight, in a way. Correct. I guess I mean the fact that I'm using him on the opposite side of a comparison I would have made last year. Like I said, it was, um, you know, Calvo with Schweinsteiger. It was Calvo was the one that was kind of running around and Schweinsteiger keeping him in line. Well, now it's. Pineda and it's Calvo keeping them, keeping that back four together. And you know what? Again, it, it's one of those things. He was captain at Minnesota 25, 26. He's now 28. I think what is he 28 now? You get smarter with time. I mean, let's face it for what it is. So I, I think you're seeing him be more of a veteran presence and it's good to see. I, they needed him to do that. And he's done. That's why I said when they picked his contract up, this to me was a no brainer. It would have been foolish not to. There is you cannot yep. get a, a center back of his quality for that price. You just can't. Do you start looking? Yeah, you do. You see what's out there, but no, it, it's to to uh, let him go would be stupid in my view. No, as well. if you can I, get him for one right more to... year, if you can get him for one more yeah. year and keep growing with Pineda, no, you absolutely keep him. Yeah, I, I think they made the right choice. So, the question we had going in tonight and. <clears throat> what we talked about on Wednesday was who's going to fill for Calvo, who was out on, on the yellow card suspension. We talked about Johnny B sliding over, which he ultimately did. We talked about White Olmsberg, who started. We talked about Kapelhoff, who didn't feature at all. So White Olmsberg, I gave him a five. Um, again, that, that back line was shaky all the way around, and it's not of his making. He did a lot. I, he spent, you know, I spent a lot of time covering for the back line, and... And as we've talked about a couple of times tonight, his chemistry with Pineda was what you'd expect for a first-time pairing, realistically. Yeah. yeah. Um, he did save a goal early on, so maybe maybe I should give him a six. But at the same time, I, there there was that it was that point blank say, header that hit Shuttleworth in the chest, where I think Shuttleworth would have had to move to miss it. But then it was sitting right there, and Olmsberg cleared it off the line, cleared it out for a corner. So. Maybe a six for Olmsberg, but I think a five. I felt a five was fair because I, I don't feel like remember. a five is fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to move on to one Johnny B, who we've talked about a bit tonight. Like I said, he had a great goal. Unfortunately, it was against the fire. Um, I have him at a five, and it's because probably because of that own goal. I, struggled at times, especially with Gressel's Gressel on that, that on that side of the field, but his presence was there. And I thought when he, like I said, when he moved central, it settled a lot of things down. Um, he's a captain. Yeah, it, is, 
So he yeah. had four uh, four clearances, four recoveries, three interceptions, two tackles. It's a pretty solid night for a defender. Yeah, that's the. I was gonna say. I think you got this one dead on, and I was afraid you were gonna kill him for having the the own goal. But the own goal was kind of bad luck. And other than that, um, having you know played two different defensive positions, captaining the team, um, you know, in a in a winning match, I, I think that Johnny B did it did all right tonight. So yeah, and it, without without that, I probably would have had him more in the ma- argument for man of the match, honestly. But he did score the goal. Yes. Um, and but like I said, as we've talked about earlier, I'm pretty sure it would have been scored if he didn't. I think he yeah. was. Um, he was there. It was just kind of bad luck, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Bobby Shuttleworth. I gave him a seven tonight. Again, nothing he could do on the goal. He made the saves he needed to make. A couple of them were brilliant saves. His distribution was shaky, but it ha- which is unusual in these past few games. Played his way into trouble once. But again, at the end of the day, it's three points. He didn't let anything by him that he could prevent. I am very, very happy with Bobby Shuttleworth. I, I think he's been really, really solid. And if if Cronholm came back today, I think you have to stick with Bobby Shuttleworth. I, I do hope the game on Wednesday happens because I know he's going to go in there with a chip on his shoulder because of how his career in Minnesota ended being sent off to, to Sacramento. Um and he's going to want to prove a point. So that would be interesting to see. It, it's, um, but yeah, Bobby, again, tonight, obviously had zero chance of saving um, the, the Bornstein own goal. And yes, he wasn't as spectacular tonight, and he was a, maybe a little shakier tonight at times. but And a little but, yeah. bit lucky. There were a couple of yeah. chances DC should score, but they didn't. He made the saves he had to make. Hard they got three points. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and th- there were a couple of them that he was in the right place. They hit him, but I he had a couple of brilliant saves. That's why I, I get, I'm giving him a higher mark, even though he his distrib- the the shakiness at times at the end. They got three points, and that's what you needed out. You needed three points out of this game. He made sure they got three points out of this game. So that's why I, I if after other than after Madron next one's up had Bornsey not gotten the own goal was him and Shuttleworth my next picks for man of the match so um all right we're going to jump into the subs really quick Aliceta he he I gave him a 5 I I had nothing bad I had nothing good I guess again it's the same argument we've said over and over again I've said over and over his flair that he had earlier isn't there but he was kind of forced center tonight I think he came in for Herbers ultimately and yeah. he didn't seem as comfortable there. And again, he doesn't Madron is almost playing more of the Jimenez type role. So he doesn't have Madron feeding or Jimenez helping him out. And he, he didn't look, he got a couple of cha- opportunities, but I don't think anything necessarily that spectacular. So. Yes. Five is fine. Well, okay. Done, okay. Thanks Pat. Appreciate it. Andre Reynolds, um, I gave him a six tonight, and wow. I, I almost almost went to a seven. And the reason why is again, this is I don't have a ton of expectation for Andre Reynolds, but the best, most dangerous chances were coming through Gressel on that side of the field, and he's getting thrown right in there because Ohms, uh, Ohmsburg at that point was was cramping. So 
that's a tough spot for a rookie to be put in. And he held his own. Anytime Gressel, he held his own there. And um, a veteran-like move in a couple times. There were deep throw-ins. He moved 20 yards down the field at various times. Um, It got pointed out on the telecast, but I noticed it as well. Those are veteran moves, and he looked like he belonged. I would, you know, depending on, I, I guess at this point with Navarro out on international duty, I'm not uncomfortable if Johnny B needed a break to see Andre Reynolds out there. I think it wouldn't, it wouldn't be having, especially if you have Cowell back in the center. I think it, I think that may work. You have depth there that you didn't, you may not have seen before. So I think it's great to be able to see the homegrown fitting in and starting to get some minutes. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I still think maybe the better plan of attack would have been to send him on loan, but, and maybe that's what would have happened in a non COVID year, but um, ultimately he did not. I was afraid he wasn't going to really get a chance to play. And did you feel any worse with him there than you would have with Navarro? I didn't. So yeah, I, I think, no, absolutely not. And that's, and that's where I was positive. And I know he's, again, he's a fan favorite, especially of, you know, the Black Fire supporters group, but he, he, he looked like he belonged tonight. He really did. Yeah, and yeah. I get it. DC United is not world beaters, but you got to get these minutes and you got to come through when you're given the opportunity. And he did that tonight. This wasn't garbage mop up time. This was game on the line type situation. And again, Johnny B slide central. He comes out on the left and it settled things down. You didn't feel you felt like the worst of the attack was over after that change was made. So, all right. And we're going to wrap up with Elliot Collier. I gave him a five. He had, he had one chance that he skied. There were a couple other, I, that one, I know Barrett was screaming for the ball. There was another couple that he broke down the defense nicely and either didn't get the pass through or something that could have set up opportunities. But once he hit about 80, 86, 87, like the ball came, went to him and it wasn't easy to dispossess him. And when you're trying to see a game out, that's exactly what you need. So I can, I can live with the, the turnovers and the, the missed putting the game away three to one when you, when you see the game out the way he did. So, and I want to say it was 91st minute, give or take, where he took the ball down in the corner yep, and just kind of talk about that. Yeah. So. It wasn't the gets, same level of shithousery that we get we got from Bobby, who put the ball down, picked it up, put it down again. Oh, by the way, you do that they, in the thirty. You do that in the thirtieth minute. You're going to get a yellow card for it then too. Once you put it down, it's got to go into play. Picked it up again, moved it to the other side of. Yep. Oh, that was absolute shit. It was absolute shithousery. Yeah. I saw it, and it was funny watching the USL playoffs. I saw it last night, and the, the second I saw it, I go, oh, he's getting booked," and sure as shit. The yellow card came out, and it was the same. The as The thing with Shuttleworth is he knew full well he was going to. It was, it was worth it for him to take the yellow. Well, so, he had already, already been warned. I mean, that was just it. It was like the next shithousery thing he did, he was getting booked. It didn't matter. He had already been told once. <laughs> that came like twenty, like 15 minutes earlier. He got, his, he got his verbal talking to for stalling, and I'm going, wow. And that, that's exactly what it is. The referee yeah. is basically telling him, you do, the next thing you do that's – not get, putting the ball back in play immediately, you're getting booked. And he did. Yeah. And, and you know what? Did the same, Elliot did the same thing, only the legal way, when he took it down <laughs> in the corner and buried it and stood there. And yeah, this heads up play by him and, and helped contribute to the win. So, like I said, I, a five. Um, 
I, I think if I, I think we're getting to the point with Elliot Collier for expecting great things from him. We're not. We're if, but if you expect a professional contributor, he seems to do that, and he did that. And we're going to need him tonight. to score a goal. We are absolutely are absolutely. We're going to need Kiwino. Is that what you're? Is that what we're going with? I we feel decided? like I feel like yes. I mean, he megged somebody tonight. Yeah, you know what? Um, I, and as much as I like to call him the Kiwi and Crouch, his ability to his ability to cut back and and make defenders look bad here and there. I guess I, I I'll go with Kiwi Neil for now. I, I, yeah, I I've been converted. The fact that he makes again, yeah. And I feel like if we come together on this and you know set it up when he does score that goal, inevitably it'll be, you know, beating three people off the dribble step over scissors, meg somebody, slot at home, some kind of beautiful Neymar style goal. Um I I feel like yeah, he'll be um the the Kiwino name will really take off then. Well we can only hope. I mean it would be great to have him do that and I could see a playoff game. That would be nice. Maybe I'm getting I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but hey, we we can always be optimistic here. So again, at the end of the day, not a pretty game. Hard on the eyes at times. Three points is three points. I, I that which is what you needed out of you needed three points if you wanted to make the playoffs tonight. Yeah, they got all the results and they're they're above the line right now. When and I'm look when you look ahead at their schedule, it's it, these next few are not easy by any stretch. Obviously, like I said, we, at Minnesota, home against Kansas City, where Kansas City kind of took them to town. Solidly on Wednesday. I mean, it was one nil, but it really didn't feel like that. Um, Red Bulls at home at Philadelphia and home against Nashville, or no, at Nashville and then home against NYCFC. This was the last easy one. Yep. Maybe Nashville. Nashville, I guess I get, you really could call a six pointer at this point for, in terms of the for playoffs. Sure. Yeah. Potentially. I mean, I, I look at, you know, we keep talking about what these next this week, how many points they I feel like they need for they need for some way, shape or form. Out of the next two. Yeah, I know Minnesota yeah. United. I know Minnesota United's going to be down two players. We don't know which two at this point. So it could be this game gets a lot easier. It could be this game is still hard and it's two players that are irrelevant to the to the actual 18. But I mean that it's, game couldn't might not even happen too, but we need to operate under the assumption that it is right now. Sure. Until until they know more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um the Calvo Cup and then like I said, the rematch against Sporting Kansas City. But it's at Soldier Field. They've played well at Soldier Field. I mean it's definitely potential there for a three points. So I, I think I feel like if they're a playoff team, they take four points this week. That's two two does not do it when you have a home game in there. You need four I Two points on the road would have been fine in the in the Montreal and the Kansas City game. You know, we wanted four, but I I was would have been fine with two. But this you need you have a home game. You need four points in some in some way, shape, or form. I don't care if you take three in Minnesota and a draw at home, but you're at home. You've been good at home. You need to you need three points there. So yes, I agree. And then they have a week, um, as it stands right now, a week off. Until mm-hmm. the following Saturday for Red Bulls, which would be nice 
it, it, I mean, maybe potentially that if that Minnesota game gets delayed, they have to slide it to midweek the following week or whatever. But yeah, um, yeah, it's it's not easy now. Minnesota, no. Sporting KC, Red Bulls, Philly, Nashville, which is a bad team, but it's on the road and it's a six pointer and it's the next last game of the year. And then NYCFC. You're exactly right. They've got to get four of the next six points available if they are going to be a playoff team, I think. Then we can start to talk seriously about it. it, Agreed. We can talk seriously about it. And then um, at that point, is is it 10 days? Is that the quarantine rules? Do we know that with these guys coming back? Or is it two negative tests and they're going to be able to play? No, I am told. I was told it's 10 days. So um, they'll be back midweek. Give or take, probably Thursday-ish. Thursday, so ten days after Thursday. That may probably when that maybe makes them available for Red Bulls. I mean, that's no. I mean, I, I guess if they came Wednesday and they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been able to train. I think it'll be Philly before they're back. Okay, and that'd be a nice, yeah. So I mean, we got to see if this depth, what squad depth they have, can carry them over. Then that's for darn sure. So yeah. Alrighty. Anyway, it's been a long night. Appreciate you you coming on, Pat, and I mean, and on the drive back. I'm glad you made it back off the Stevenson safely. So I did not, mini- Yeah, I when Jason Statham and and The Rock went flying by me, I got kind of scared. Where was Vin? Um, where was Vin Diesel out out of all this? Is he still in those? I believe so. He's got to be still, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I can't see his career having a whole lot of other things that are imperative. Like everybody's in those now. Like, isn't like John Cena in those now? And like, probably, uh, yeah, probably Hulk Hogan. At some point, yeah. You, you, you never know who's going to show up in these. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, we've destroyed this one. So, it's the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. We can be found on, on I guess Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify. I don't think I ever did set up Stitcher. So, at the web, the Twitter feed is at Minivan Dad Pod. Uh, Pat can be found at Patrick McCraney. I can be found at TJ Zaremba. Pat, it's it was a busy Sunday night. I thankfully we have a holiday tomorrow, so I can sleep in a little bit. What's your final thoughts for tonight? You have to win ugly games sometimes if you are going to be a playoff team. And so the fire did that tonight. They, they did. And they did not do that earlier in the season with the new England revolution at new England early, even new England at home, that Columbus game got away from them. The Vancouver and and MLS is drunk. So they've had a few ugly games. Yeah. Typically when they win, they win pretty. Yeah, this is a this is the first time I think they've won ugly this season. So see, um, I, Seattle, maybe that Seattle and MLS. I don't, is I don't know that, that was pretty though. That was just kind of hard fought. Like this was this was this was winning this was when you weren't at eyes. your best. Yeah. They won a game. Obviously, it was against the worst team in the league, but they won a game when they weren't at their best. And so, if it was the flip side, if they had lost or drawn this after going ahead to you know to DC United, we would have been pushing the panic button right now instead they got the win so we don't have to do that fair enough fair enough i i don't know if i would have pushed the panic button i would just have said it's over let's build for next year 
<laughs> you, but you that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, three points is three points. Um, like I said, definitely check this out if you're a Chicago Fire fan. Got some other stuff up there. It's not fire related. That should be interesting. Um, I'd like to get back to that at some point, but with such a busy MLS schedule, it's hard to really get anything else in. So, but Pat, thanks for joining tonight. I do appreciate it. And you're done. Thank you.